what's going on, you guys? Welcome back to Forgiven AF Podcast. Y'all know my name is Sean Surface. I'm the host. We use this as a marketing material for our mentorship program, kind of keep people up to date with what we have going on with the mentorship program and um, just kind of share positivity. I'm super excited about today's episode. This is our first professional athlete that we've had on the show, so um, that's a big deal to me. I'm excited. You know I'm in that fitness space. The mentorship is going awesome, you guys. So school's just finishing, so I'm just getting report cards. Not everyone's passing everything, but we got kids going in the right direction. That's kind of the way I look at it. You know, as long as they're doing better than they were, um, you know, in the mentorship, we're not like preaching perfection. We just want to see that they're actually putting the effort into it now. And uh, just so now they know they have some accountability of people that actually care to see what that report card looks like. And with some of them, it's kind of, I don't think they've ever had that before. So it's cool to see them care about the grades getting at least better. So um, we've got a couple kids graduated. One, um, Isaiah, one of our kids actually went to the Phoenix Academy, was able to graduate early, which was really cool. And uh, then they got accepted into, I want to say UNT Dallas. So he'll be going to college and he's super excited about that. Actually, right after he graduated, went and got a job at the mall. So we took him up there. He got his job. So he's super proud, got his job, graduated. Kids just going in the right direction. Um, so that's all positive stuff. They will get their shoes uh, on the 20th of this month for for the end of the year. So if you got anybody out there that would uh, interested in maybe donating to help go to their shoes, it's a secondchancementors.org. And you just scroll down to there's a donate tab and that money will go to all towards these kids' shoes. Um, but okay, enough about that. You guys, I know it's been a while. I've been on a break. I don't know if it's not sure the exact reasoning for it. I don't really have an excuse, but uh, I'm excited to be back. I miss this. I miss talking to you guys. I miss being part of your life. So go ahead and get to the show. Um, Kelly Burke, man, I'm excited. I've been following him for a while uh, just through his fitness journey. And that's how I ended up meeting him. And Or actually, this is the first time. This is what cool. This is actually the first time we've ever actually met. So, yes, so this is a raw conversation. So a lot of the stuff that you guys are going to be hearing will be the first time that I hear it. Um, I did enough research on him as a person to know that he has the character and everything of the type of people that we want to have on the show. So first of all, thank you for being here, Kelly. I yes, appreciate sir. you coming, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah, no problem. If you could just maybe just start off, kind of tell my listeners, like kind of who you are, where you're from, just kind of a basic setup. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, again, my name is Kelly Burke. Um, how's everybody doing out there? Y'all can't respond, but you know, <laughs> it's like cordial to say that, right? Uh, 40 years old, originally from Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, grew up in Stop 6 on the east side of Fort Worth. Um, went to Eastern Hills High School. From there, graduated. Uh, tried to go do some um, athletics, so went and played arena football or tried to. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that didn't work out. So ultimately, I always wanted to be a business owner, bro. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like you, you struggle with wanting to be an athlete and then like, you know, business too. But I know at the end of the day, I just didn't want to work for somebody. So um, from that point, bro, I just went to work, man. And so I uh, worked for Rent-A-Tire for 10 years. And on the side, I was just trying different hustles. Like, you know, had a box truck, you know, moving company, uh, got into the T-shirt printing um, and start printing T-shirts and, you know, getting orders and, you know, just doing anything and everything I could on the side, bro, to try to make it work and make it happen. Um, I got introduced to politics through the Obama administration. I was dating a girl back then. And uh, she's like, uh, you should vote. It's first black president. I'm like, I don't believe in that. It's that. Politics is the devil. You know what I mean? I'm not getting involved in that. So she was just ragging me, bro. And I actually, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go vote for the guy. So I went and voted. Didn't know that Obama was a Democrat. I didn't know anything about the political landscape or anything, bro. I just said, I'm gonna go vote for him. But after I do, I'm gonna start watching this administration and see what happens. So, you know, of course, after Obama was 
you know, brought in the office. He took his cabinet on a big vacation in like Hawaii or somewhere. And I was like, that's kind of weird. You know what I mean? So that was the first thing. Um, after that, um, you know, passed the LGBT rights, you know, uh, bill and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So Obama was kind of like my door opener into politics and took me down the rabbit hole of what Washington was and what our government was. And, um, you know, I kind of fell in love with the information side of what was going on. And I uh, was like, yeah, something's not right here in our country. You know what I mean? We need some good people in office. I was walking at a barbershop one night and my friend's mom was like, hey, walk me to the car. I'm like, all right, cool. And um, she says, as I'm walking her outside, she just stops and looks at me and says, oh, you're going to be a politician one day. And I'm like, no, I'm not. She's like, yes, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. And then she's like, all right. So picked up her bags, bro, and just like got in the car and left. And I was like, what the freak? You know what I mean? But it's funny because that's how God has always spoke to me through the years, through people, bro. Like in the story of, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go all over the place. God's going to bring y'all back in. So in the story of Job in the Bible, Job, God spoke to Job, like Job, pick up yourself, gird up your loins because Job was outside of the city. He had lost his family. Um, everybody had turned their backs on him. He had boils all over his body. Like he lost everything. Right. And his wife was like, curse God and die. Right. His friends came in and start blaming him. It's your fault that this is going on. But really, God just allowed Satan to test him and said, Satan said, if you remove the hedge of protection that you have around Job, then he'll curse you. Right. So God spoke to Job like loudly, like Job, get up, gird up your loins. If we could hear it, that's how it would sound from biblical text. That's how it, it sounds. Right. And I think that that's how God speaks to us. So God may speak to you a certain way, but God speaks to me a certain way. So I'm kind of stubborn and ornery. Right. So God would come to me through people or places or for example, years ago, I was in the, like, you know, trying to sell some stuff, right? You know, people know about that because, you know, your story, but, and and it was a drought in Fort Worth and I'm driving and it's a billboard at this end. <laughs> if you think it's dry now, wait till November. And it said Fort Worth PD on the bottom. And I was like praying as I'm driving, right? And I was moving some stuff and I was like, Holy crap. Okay, God. That's that's funny. That's like a sign. And after that, I got robbed and, you know, kind of like, yeah. you know, that's kind of what we did it out. But, um, so that 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 her speaking that to me, bro, I actually started like getting more involved in the political landscape. And so I knew one day I was going to run. So I got married, married my wife in 2011. We've been married 12 years now. We've got three kids. I had one kid before her. And uh, I told her my dreams. I'm like, you know, look, I want to travel the world. Like I'm looking for a woman that if one day I said, hey, let's sell everything and, and, and move to another part of the world and do mission work. I want somebody to say, yeah. She's like, all right, that's me. I'm like, cool. You know, and so I was like, also, one day I'm going to run for office. And she's like, really? Not knowing that she had a big political background, too. Like, her mother raised her to debate. Like, you know what I mean? Call all the kids over in the neighborhood and the whole debates at her house. I mean, bro, she's super astute, bro. Like, she's sharp. You know what I mean? And so, uh, like, she didn't let it die. It's like, bro, Miles Monroe said, if you a woman's an incubator. So if you tell a woman a dream or an idea or a vision, God birthed her because she's your helpmate to hold it. So... I'm going to start this business. I'm going to start this gym. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start eating right. I'm going to stop doing this. You told that to your woman. She'll say it in the deepest, darkest time when you don't want to hear it. Uh, so it's like she walks in the room. I thought you said you were going to stop doing that. That just gave like, me chills. Yes, because that's what they do. But that's God, how God created them. So that's what she would do, bro, in different times and spaces when I didn't want to hear it. Like, I thought you were going to run for office. Yeah, I'm going to do it when. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not old enough. In my mind, I felt like 50 or 60 because that's when everybody runs for office when you're old, right? Besides like Obama, yeah. he's raised in it. But, you know, so she just kept saying it, bro. And so in 2021, well, 2019, we saw the seat was coming open to run for mayor of Arlington. And, um, you know, of course, she came to me like, what you think? I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel like, you know, it's not, maybe it's not the right time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I started doing my research and looking at the city and look what, you know, what the other mayors had done before. And I was like, what the heck? Let's take a shot. 
So I ran that race and uh, did pretty good for a no-name candidate um, and, uh, you know, created enough steam for myself. And then last year I ran for school board of Arlington too. So came up short in both of those races, but the, you know, the work is not done. And um, I think a lot of people run for office a lot of times before they're elected. And then you get some people that just run on the first time, you know, because the power or the money or the connections they have behind yeah. them. But I didn't have any of that, bro. It was literally just me, God, and a whole bunch of people that believed in the vision. Um, and so, uh, yeah, bro, that's it in a nutshell. No, yeah. I respect that. We'll get that. more into the body. I respect that. Stuff. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's crazy. And I didn't even know all those things. about yeah. Like, that. it's cool. The fitness side of it, is, was that more of just like a hobby um, yeah, so the fitness happened. Um, I remember I was just a skinny kid, bro. I got picked on a lot as a kid, you know, like we would say bullied now, but back then it was just like, bro, he's just messing with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I didn't look at it as being bullied, but I was smaller, you know what I mean? And, and most of the kids in my neighborhood were bigger and older than me, youngest guy in the block, you know, so I would get picked on for my size, pushed down, like, you know, couldn't really like, would never win the fights, bro. Yeah. I'd fight and try to, but I would just, bro, get my butt whooped. And so I was like, I watched Arnold's movies and Sylvester Stallone and Jean-Claude Vidam, and you know what I mean? Yeah. I watched all these guys and was like, bro, I want to get jacked. I need to get swollen and get strong, bro, so nobody can pick on me. And so my 13th birthday rolled around. My dad's like, what do you want? I'm like, buy me a weight set. And he's like, why? I'm like, man, I want to get swole, man. I need to get some muscle. And he's like, all right, cool. So he bought me a weight set, bro. I lifted it every single day, bro. But I knew we had an eighth grade like trip coming up at the end of the year. We're going to Hurricane Harbor. Like have right? that shirt off. Exactly. I'm like, I'm going to have you some muscles, bro. <laughs> and I really didn't, but I felt like, yeah. like it was kind of noticeable, yeah. you know, but I just, the feeling that it gave me, like the adrenaline, the rush and, you know what I mean, bro? And I, I just never stopped. And so I took that same tenacity and put it into sports. So I ran track, I played football, tried basketball for a while, but just didn't have it. Like yeah. I was a better track and football athlete. And so I just trained in the off seasons, bro. Like I literally was addicted to the weights. My senior year in high school, um, I wanted to be track captain. So- I told my coach, hey, make me trap captain this year. I'm the hardest worker on this team. I feel like I'm leading this team. I was a knucklehead too, class clown. Like, you know, so that was my battle in sports too. It's because yeah. I wanted the attention. I was going to crack all the jokes. I was kind of, you know, yeah. hard headed, you know. I get it. I was yeah, so, but that's the leadership. What you don't know when you're young is that's God put that leadership in you. And yeah. You don't know how to handle it as a kid. So you yeah. kind of act out, but you're born to be a leader. So yeah. that's what it was. So, anyways, um, I'm like, make me captain. He's like, all right, you work hard enough, I'll give you a captain. I'm like, cool. Bro, killed it. Wasn't the fastest guy on the team, bro, murdering these boys, bro. Like, my best friend, Jeff Curvin, was the fastest guy on the team, bro. I'm sticking with him, bro, in practice, bro. We're running, bro. I'm like, he might get me sometime, but I would get him sometime, too. And there's no way this guy, I should ever beat him because he was way faster than me. But my work ethic was work so ethic, good. Yeah. So ended up, you know, the, the uh, beginning of the track season when we get ready to start. Coach like, all right, let's 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 go through uh, who's going to be captain this year. So he brought everybody team together, and he said, Kelly Burke's been working hard. Gave his big speech about me, bro. Been working your butt off. I'm so impressed. And, you know, I, I believe that uh, you are a leader, but you're not going to be leader of this team. Jeff Curvin is because he's the fastest person and he needs to step up and lead. And I was like, what? Like, that's not what you told me. And he's like, well, Jeff should lead this team. Jeff, you should lead. And Jeff was like, no, nah, it should be Kelly. You told him that you were going to honor that if he was better than me. And he was. And so he was like, no, nah, you're going to be the leader. So I shook his hand, walked in my locker. And cleared out my locker, went handing them my stuff, walked in the gym, bro. And I never stopped lifting weights, bro. So I've been, still been lifting weights. And so from that time, I came across the movie Pump and Earn. Started watching Pump and Earn, bro, in high school every single day when I'm on a Schwarzenegger, bro. I get out of school, I go watch it, go mimic the exercise the next day. And so just fell in love with bodybuilding, the diet, um, the nutrition, and didn't understand fully that, oh, I can make this a career, I can get paid at this. So, you know, started um, <clears throat> getting more into that research. And I remember my senior year, I went to the uh, grocery store and I was down the magazine aisle. And I picked up a Flex magazine. Oh, it was over with, and huh? Ronnie was on the cover. And I was like, <laughs> he's big, he's black, 
Yeah, that's it. And I took it to school the next day. I had I some creatine that. in my bag, bro. I'll never forget. I pulled the magazine. I was like looking at it in class and I was hiding it so nobody could see it. So we get to the gym and we're trying to bench and I was like, uh, couldn't get a lift or something like that. And so my friend's like, uh, bro, like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh no, I don't feel strong today. I'd already taken some creatine. I go to my bag and I take some more creatine, try to get the lift, couldn't get it, go back, take some more. He's like, you're like overdosing it, man. And he was like, bro, how big are you trying to get? And I go to my bag and pull out the magazine and sit like this. He's like, bro, that's disgusting. That's so funny. I was like, I know, but that's how I want to look. So, you know, that's kind of was the journey of, yeah. of fitness, bro. Yeah. That's awesome. And and the cool thing is that you established that discipline that you made it to your goal. I mean, you Definitely. became a professional bodybuilder. Yeah. Yeah. Went pro in 2016. So I started competing in 2013 in bodybuilding. I actually never did physique, bro. Um, physique came out when, I remember when physique came out, the year it came out and people were yeah. like, you should do physique. But the bodybuilders around in Dallas Fort Worth are like, you don't do that, bro. You yeah. don't put shorts on your legs. Don't yeah, cover yeah. your legs, bro. It doesn't matter if your legs aren't big enough. Show your legs. Work hard. And that's kind of the concept that I came through. Then going to Metroflex, getting around Brian Dobson. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I still felt like I didn't have it. So I went to Brian Dobson and was like, I'm going to get a booth at the show to sell my shirts for my brand. He's like, all right, cool. He's like, uh, well, you look good. You should probably compete in the show. I'm like, nah, I don't want to compete. I just want to sell my shirts. I'm just trying to be a businessman. And he's like, uh, all right, well, you just think about it. So I started training at the gym. And every day I would go in there. He's like, you should do the show. You should do the show. He's like, one day he's like, let me just look at you. Come on, let's go pose. So he puts me under the posing lights. As I'm hitting poses, he's like, man, you got a beautiful physique, man. He's like, I'm telling you, you should do this show. And I'm like, all right, screw it. I'll do physique. Man. Not to interrupt. I've heard amazing things about that guy as a leader. You got to get him on. Is that true? Is he really yes, as good? You got to get him on. I've heard he's a good yeah, Christian Stone man. Stone Cold believer, bro. Yeah. Love, loves the youth. Uh, loves people, bro. And, you know, he just, he's probably the, I would consider the mecca of bodybuilding yeah. here in Dallas-Fort Worth. And you got to think those, those gyms are across the world now, bro. Yeah, so for he's sure. Done amazing things. But yeah, I would definitely get him on the show, bro. That's cool. I've heard great things about him. Yeah. So he talks you into competing. Yeah. So I was like, all right, school, I'll do physique. I'll, I'll do physique. And so as I'm getting ready for the show doing physique, bro, I was like uh, practicing bodybuilding poses. And so he's like, uh, but he, because of him, yeah. he's like, all right, do back double bicep, do this, do that. Which aren't, which a person in physique doesn't do. Yeah, at all. Yeah. But in his mind, he's like, you probably do, you should do bodybuilding too. So he's like, I'll just give you, if you do the show, I'll give you both categories for free, right? Yeah. So he's like, you do physique and body, but only charge you for physique. I'm like, all right, cool. But every time I go, he was like, all right, let's go do some posing, but no physique stuff. Yeah. So then I go to Sheila Brown, hire as a posing coach. And we're Foxy going to- Brown. Yeah, exactly. I used there too. And we all did, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we start working on physique stuff, but it was like, well, I felt like physique was easier because no, the posing wasn't what it is today. Yeah. Physique poses was like three basic poses. Front, side, back. I think it still wave. is, right? Yeah, but you could do more fancy. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't have that yeah, hold. Yeah, that. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't look like that. And so I was like, I get that, bro. I could do that in two weeks. But kept working on the bodybuilding poses. Well, as I'm working on the bodybuilding poses, it just makes you fall even more in love with bodybuilding. And I'm like, you know what? When I pose in front of people, they'd be like, man, you look great. And I posed it in my underwear. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you know yeah. how that goes. So I never did physique, bro. I just did bodybuilding at the show. And I showed up. And um, I'll never forget, IFBB Pro Steve Frazier was backstage. Um, IFBB Pro um, Corey. Um, I can't think of Corey's last name. But anyways, all these like guys from around the way, yeah. Joe Mackey, all these big guys. And they were, so I, I peeled off and I'm in line and I'm like, damn, I'm skinny, bro. And it was a stat class, bro, like 40 guys in this class. Because back then I did novice bodybuilding. They would put the uh, lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight all into one class. Because it's novice, right? Because it's yeah. novice. So they, you got like 40 guys. Bro. And you can only do that for your first show or something like that? Yeah, or, you're until to, you've won. You're supposed to win. So yeah. back then, they didn't let you leave. 
novice until you won. Yes, that makes sense. Though. Yes, but it's so it's like you start novice, you win that show, then you go to the next yeah. level, and so you know you had to win it. And so I'm lined up, bro, like the skinniest guy, tallest guy in front of all these like thick, short, short thick guys, round. Yeah. I'm bro, and I'm so intimidated, and I'm standing in line, I'm like doing push-ups, and I'm squeezing my biceps, and I look over at Stephen Fraser and Corey, and um, like Steve said, like gave me a thumbs up, and I'm like, oh, great, and he said. Got it. I'm like, thanks, bro. Like, like just thinking he's being like motivational. Yes. Kind of. And so I literally looked at him and said, I'm about to get creamed, bro. <laughs> I said, I'm about to get murdered, bro. He said, no, you got it. And I'm like, got what? He's like, you're about to win it. And I'm like, how you like seen these guys? He was like, you can't see yourself, can you? I'm like, no. He said, hey, you looked in the mirror. I'm like, that just gave no. me chills too. That's cool. Yeah, bro. He said, I was going to win it. And so I'm standing in line and now I'm looking at the other guys because he's like, you haven't, have you ever looked at yourself? And I'm like, probably not in a week. But I'm not, yeah. even if I did look at myself. You don't see, we don't ever see ourselves as good as Especially looking at yeah. other men. I'm looking yeah. at their calves. I don't have any calves. I'm looking <laughs> at their biceps. They're back. Bro, they're, like, they're big. Yeah. Now I'm shredded, but That's I'm not so big. And so now I'm looking at them like, you know what? What if I did win it? So now my mind is going, because I never felt like I was going to win. I just felt like I'm going to go out here and just give a great performance. I'm going to pose good. Yeah. I'm going to have some great footage for my YouTube. And I'm going to have some good stuff for social media. Yeah. So now I'm in line, like, in my mind, like, what if I actually won the show? What's going to happen That's the now? first time it crossed your mind? Yes, All bro. you needed was a little bit of yes, bro. motivation from somebody. Now, I trained hard for it. Like, you know what I mean? The yeah. preparation was there. Like, it was, I went in like I was going to win it, but I still felt like I'm not going to win And it. you had been training hard for years, so yes. you, you probably looked more conditioned than and a lot of And I was older. I, don't, yeah. I was only, I was 30 years old, 29 okay. when I did yeah. my first show. So you were so definitely conditioned. And you've been working out hard muscle. from 18, yeah. Yes, bro. From, from For all these years, yeah. and it's my first time stepping on stage when some of these guys only been training for three or four years. And bro. just full of sip, yeah. I've been training for a decade. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just still feel young and feel, you know, like yeah. I'm not there. And so, yeah, bro, I stepped on the stage. And not only did I win that class, I won overall. And so- That's freaking awesome. Yeah, dude. bro. And it was like- Oh man, that's like, so wow. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I love hearing that. Especially because you went into it so humble. You weren't expecting. It's not like you went in like, oh, I'm about to win this. You Definitely. know? Now, it's, in the back of my mind, it's always something there like, you could possibly win it. <laughs> yeah, but to really it's that believe other it. Voice, that, it is there. You know? I wonder if Stephen Fraser knows that story. Do you think he, he's a great dude? I've, I've met him a couple oh, yeah. of times. Yeah, yeah. No, he coached me. Really? Um, after that. So, yeah, he coached me up getting ready for my. Uh, so he took me. From, I went Phil Heath and Classic. I, I used uh, Steve. I did USA's. One, one overall, both of there. And then I went to do San Antonio Pro. So he coached me all the way through those shows, bro. That's cool. I know for that line one, he's- Yeah, uh, yeah, line, he's yeah. Line one. I don't know if he, I don't know if I've never, I don't know if he knows it probably from that standpoint. Yeah. But hopefully if he listens to it, bro. Like, thank no, you, Steve. Yeah, that's just really cool. Like he had the vision, bro. Like he, I tell people, bro, like you, we have many mentors. Yeah. So I, I call Steve my bodybuilding mentor. Steve not only knows bodybuilding, but he taught me the business of bodybuilding because you're thinking it's one way. And when you actually get into it, like it's really literally a business. If you don't work it as a business, you're not going to be anything, bro. Yeah. And that's why so many people fail at it. You know what I mean? And so he taught me that, like, bro, like keep your head in, like, you know, do this, do that. And then Steve used a lot of top name coaches. Yeah. So he would bring the information down. He never held it. That's so cool. Yeah. You know he wasn't saying? just like keeping it for himself. And if you think about like that industry is like, if you're going to put that much time and that much effort and that much of your life into it, you deserve to, f to get paid, to get compensated from it somehow. Yes. Because I don't think people realize what goes into getting ready for those shows. That's Oh, yeah, bro. It's, 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 it's so so much sacrifice. I mean, you talked about this off camera, uh, which made me stop competing. Yeah. Is like what all it takes to stay there. Not only yeah. get there, but stay there and then compete at the guys with the guys at the top, bro, because that's all they're doing. And if, if, if you're doing something else, like you got a regular yeah. career, if you're a trainer, if you're a business owner, it's almost impossible to balance all that out. And and then still, if you got a family and a, yeah. bro, like you cannot do it all, bro. And oh, so exactly. that's what made me really like, 
you know what? I don't think I can continue to go. That's no, I mean, and I've never made it to that level you did, but I've done a couple shows. And after that second one, I was short with my son, short with my wife. Like I wasn't a pre- present business owner. Like I was just, everything was me. When's my next workout? When's my next meal? When's my next workout? When I got a yeah. tan, when I got a pose, it just became, it consumed everything. Definitely. Um, which it was a cool experience, but I realized, Hey, I learned how to do this. I learned more about nutrition from doing a show than I've ever learned in any sort yeah. of course, textbook, anything, you know, yeah, exactly, yeah. like you're going to learn how to manipulate your skin. You're going to yeah. learn how to water manipulation. Definitely. Like there's just so much that we don't realize that our bodies can do, Agreed. which is really cool. Okay. So thank you for sharing that about yes, yourself. Um, I really, the main reason I want to bring you on the show is because I'm actually working through your self mastery course that you put together right yes, now. Sir. Um, you didn't try to, I went myself and found this, yeah. like you didn't like say, Hey, do this. You yes, know what I mean? Sir. I found you. Uh, I found this course. I started this course, um, paid for it. So far, it's worth every penny, Thank plus you, a lot more than that. I think yeah. that you're giving it away. Thank you. Um, but I just love what I've gotten out of it so far. So I wanted to share it with our listeners, you know, like have that option out there if they wanted to if find this. But I want to spend a couple of seconds just kind of talking about just a few of the basics. I'm not going to give away um, too much of, you know, yeah. your course, um, but there's just... Let's give it away, bro. Let's talk about it, bro. (laughs) There's a couple of really cool things. And the way you hit it, so the the first thing that really caught me was how you've broken this up into four categories. Um, I feel like most programs, when you get into this, you know, people are like, you know, just all grit or, you know, all finance or all fitness. Um, But I've never really found many programs that put it all together, right? So can you kind of tell us like the four categories you hit and why you picked those? Yeah, definitely. Um, So first would be um, mindset and which was um, like mental health. Um, and so I believe that, um, you know, the mindset of mental health is, I think, the most important. So that's why that part's the biggest. Um, um, and then um, next would be, oh, I'm not saying them in order, health and then wealth. So mindset, um, mental, mental health, uh, fitness, and then wealth. Um, so those are the four categories. And so mindset is like, of course, how you vision yourself and how you see the world, right? And how others would view you or see you. Um, and I think that so many people struggle with that, you know, because it's kind of like you view yourself one way and you can see yourself one way, but how do other people view you? And so I, I wanted the main thing that people to understand, which I had to go down this journey myself is I wanted to view myself in a certain light and I needed people to see me that same way. So if I felt like, all right, I'm a bodybuilder, I'm a businessman, I'm, I'm a family man, et cetera, et cetera. I needed people to see that in me. So I needed to learn how to project that. So it's like visualization. Like, and so I talked about what you talked about a minute ago is the, the character that I wanted to be. Yeah. And so for many years, bro, I, w- I, w- I, w- I went through this like rant of like the mirror, looking in the mirror. It's like Michael Jackson, the man in the mirror, right? Yeah. And so I would go to the mirror and I would see a guy in the mirror and I'm like, this guy's kind of good looking. Like he's, he's swole. Like, you know what I mean? It looks like he's got his stuff together, but I wasn't him. But I can see in that mirror the guy that yeah, I wanted to so be, and I just didn't know how to fully become him. Yeah. And I remember sitting down holding a conversation with my dad before, and he's like, bro, I'm an I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ex-actor, so I, 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 I ran what we would call in the black community the Chitlin Circuit and acting like with theater. Like I grew up like wanting to be like an actor and being like in Hollywood, and I used to dance. And like I had all these great things, bro. Can kind of sing. Not, not, a, not a solo guy. I'm a background, but I can still hold a yeah. note. You know what I mean? And so I got a lot of good things. I could speak well. Like I got the presentation. I got these gaps in my teeth. But besides that, if you fix the teeth, I'm Probably pretty good. You got some straight teeth too. <laughs> braces, braces. Oh yeah. So, anyways, and so it was like, I, 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 my my dad says, "You're good at so many things." And we're sitting down eating dinner, just me and him. And I said, uh, "Yeah, I think so." He said, "So why can't you put them together to make it?" Mm. 
And I'm like, bro, as confident as I was, That's when he so said good. that, I had no answer. I said, I don't know. And he said, well, you should ask yourself that question. And in that moment, I just pondered on it. And I looked back up at him. I said, because of me. And he said, well, you should figure out how to move yourself out of the way to become what you want to become. And so from that day forth, I started looking in that mirror, bro, like, bro, who are you? Like, why aren't you becoming that? And I, the only reason I hadn't became that is because I wasn't working on it. Like, I was reading the Bible. I was reading the books. Like, I was doing the work. I go to the gym. I'm going through the motions. But I wasn't working on that inner me as much as I knew I should. Yeah, that's, I want to go back to one thing that you did start to touch on, but that really hit me really hard was in the very opening of your, of your course, you talk about, and I've never heard this, you just touched on it a little bit, but I want to kind of explain it in a way that hit me like a huge, something I've been trying to figure out my whole life, right? You said, I don't remember the exact words, but let's, I'm going to say create a character yeah. of who you, if you could make yourself perfect and how you want to be and the life you want to live and where you want to be in 10 years or 20 years, put that cat, take that person, create that person, and then always be looking yeah. how to become that person. Exactly. That's Man, it. that's so good because I feel like it's very easy to like, can't, I think like this is what you were saying you were doing is I'm going through a lot of like a lot of the motions and I'm doing a lot of the stuff that I know I'm supposed to be doing, but there's not like a real connect or a goal forward or a way to have accountability on, am I even getting better? Yeah, definitely. You yeah, that's I mean? it. So like the character is like, he's the mark yeah, or she's the mark. And then yeah. you, you put the character on the pedestal and a lot of times we would do that with other people. And it's like, well, uh, like I like the rock, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about the rock personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like behind I like the, rock the camera. Too, but I don't know. But I like yeah, I like yeah. the rock. I yeah. like what he represents. I like what he's doing in his business. work ethic is yes. crazy. Yeah. If you go to his social, bro, he's just a guy that you like, bro, that's a good guy yeah. to like pattern yourself after. And I was doing that. Like as a kid, I, Michael Jordan or or this guy, like, you know, I'm patterning myself after these people. And it's like, well, why why am I not just creating that character? That's so like, good. And the only thing you're doing is pulling from all these guys. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I like the rock, but I might not like what he personally, politically or morally stands for on some things, but I can still take the fitness side. I can still yeah. take the business side. I can still take, take what I image. like, create, put it in my avatar yes. and set that and on then, the And I'm taking I it from it. all of those guys. I'm taking yeah. it from Jordan. I'm taking it from my dad. I'm taking it from The Rock. I'm taking it from Trump. Like, don't kill me, guys. But I'm taking all these things, right? I do like Trump. <laughs> and, I, and I, But I grew up like a Diddy. I grew up like in Trump. Jay-Z, not because of the music. Well, but, all of the, if you ever noticed, this is kind of funny. And I try to stay out of this. I don't um, but did you notice that all those guys, like all of the black entertainment, everybody loved Trump until he became president? Yeah, of course. And that's what I kept preaching to him. Isn't that crazy? I, yeah. I always just thought that was kind of weird. Exactly. Like, they just turned their back. They used up. to put him in movie videos everywhere. Like, everywhere they bro. loved him. He was larger than life. They called him the king of New York. That was, yeah, see, that was crazy. Yeah. So that's just, um, right. but anyway, <laughs> that's politics, <laughs> to, I that's the media. That. That's what it is. The media. And so yeah, you take all those people and you create, like you said, your avatar and he's your character and you put him on the shelf and you say every day, what do I need to do to become closer to this character that I want to be? But he's like, it's just you. Yeah. Cause all the stuff that you're trying to become, is already in you. And the reason you want to become it because of characteristics and traits that you don't know how to pull out, but you feel them. Yeah. It's like holding a conversation with a woman or your woman. And you, you know, you're about to get into an argument and something in you is saying, bro, don't say that. Don't yeah. say that. You know this woman ain't going to talk to you for two days if you say it. And you say it anyways. And you're like, ah. Oh, Why did I say that? Yeah. I could have said it a different way. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's just what the character is. It's like constantly, slowly being slow to think about things, to react. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's, that's just how you create the character. And you use that character to push you through life. And every day you're trying to get closer and closer to that thing. I, love, I really love that. Yeah. I think that's a great. I've never, ever heard that explained like that either. 
it just gave me kind of like a goal. I want to start picturing and creating that avatar of who I want to be. Definitely. And then try to figure out, am I doing things in my life? Does what I'm doing in my life line up with that person I want to be? Yeah. Where am I getting off track? What is pulling me off track? And how do I cut those off? Yes, you know? Sir. Yeah. And it. I feel like that's like, that's the perfect representation. I actually want to use that. I need to get you to come um, and speak to our boys. Oh, uh, I love that. Like on a Saturday morning or yeah, something uh, before we do community service or something. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I think they would really get a lot out of that. Okay. Now this is a big part. And I want you to explain why this is important to people because I know hundreds of women, especially the struggle with this. Um, I've seen women quit on themselves when it comes to fitness goals, nutrition goals, just life goals, because they're always like, oh, I have to put my kids first or my family first. I can't work out or I can't eat right because I have to make, my kid will only eat grilled cheese and yeah. I have to just eat what my, you see what I mean? Definitely. But it's really about, you made a big deal about how people need to learn that they have to put themselves first, right. even to be, can you kind of hit on that? Yeah. And I know what, when, when I say that, that sounds so selfish. Like, and it, it, I was afraid to tell people that for many years, but I, I knew it deep down inside. And it's funny because my, I got that from my mentor, Danny Odom, one of my mentors, I have many, but Danny Odom, uh, uh, one day he told me, he said, you know what, if you learn how to put yourself first, then everything else in line in your life will be blessed because of you, because you're blessed. Right. And I'm like, oh, man, that, that makes sense. But you're, you're taught in life to don't ever put yourself first. Don't be selfish. If you have kids, your kids should go before you. This person should go before you. Everybody should go before you. So that means you should be the last to eat, the last to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not trying to say you should be the first. I'm saying your mental well-being and your inner peace and success should come before anybody else's. Because if you don't have that together, no one else is going to be able to be taken care of. And so, so if a woman is struggling with working out and being fit, look, if, you get, if you're married and you get yourself, okay, for example, if a woman weighed 135 pounds when she met her man, small waist, nice butt, nice chest. He loved that image because men are physical. We fell in love with the physical side first. Then we fell in love with your brains. If the physical wasn't right, we might not have never fell in love with the brains. So the guy has a image, a physical image of what you look like. Now, let's say you have two or three kids, right? You got a little pudge here and there. The butt's not as lifted as it used to be. You're going to age a little bit. That's fine. But he fell in love with an image of you. Then that's how he knows you. He's going to accept whatever you give him because he's committed to you. But imagine if you hold that level a physical appearance that you had for yourself of the woman that he fell in love with, imagine how he would treat you. Imagine how he would look at you. Imagine how he would touch you. Imagine how he would hurry home to do things with you in the bedroom when the kids are asleep. And I'm not trying to say some guys are not still going to be in love with you women. I'm saying that if you were something before you met him, that was good. Not only did it, was it good for him, it made you feel good, made you sleep better made you look better, made you feel better. Guess who else is blessed from you putting yourself first in that regard? He is. That makes sense. I kind of think of it like pouring, like if, I, if my cup is empty and I'm not filling up my cup and then I have my kids and my husband and work and all this stuff, like I don't have anything to pour you into my kids. To give anyway. So my kids, my husband, my whatever, my wife, my employees are all just getting me trying to put them ahead of us, ahead of myself, or but I'm empty, yeah, right? So definitely. it doesn't make sense. So yeah. it's like, and it could be, and it doesn't have to be all out, but there's definitely a happy medium in there of how a person needs to take care of themselves to be able to. Yeah. Now let's go with a man. God put man on this earth to work, right? So man had dominion over the earth. Adam and Eve were in the garden and they could do whatever they wanted to do. <clears throat> Adam had his work. Eve was just there for him. He created Eve to be his helpmate and support Adam in his work. But even after the, before the fall, what was he commanded to do? Work. After the fall, what was he commanded to do? Work. Work. 
Now you just got to work even harder. Yeah. And because of the decision that the woman did eating of the apple, God said he will always rule over you, right? So, and she would hurt during childbirth. So we have all these punishments, right? Work was a blessing, but also a punishment. That's crazy yeah. how that works, right? Crazy how it works. <laughs> so now, if a guy's purpose on this earth was to work, so we go mental health, work on itself, work on his business, work on his family, work on his craft. That's where he's fulfilled and, and finds his yeah, purpose. Yeah, that's where he can get filled, yeah. So let him stop doing some of that, right? Somehow, okay, if your wife's complaining about you working too much, which I've, I've been through this, every guy's went through this, you stop doing that, what happens to you? You lose fulfillment. Yes. Because that work gives you fulfillment. Yes, because that's what you were put here to do. So once you stop doing that, it moves you out of your creation role of what God created you for. It moves you into... A better male's role. And so you don't feel fulfilled. So that means you're not putting yourself first. And now you're fulfilling other people's desires, which you can't function fully as a man and the man that you were created to be because you're not fulfilling your purpose on this earth. That's so, actually really good. Exactly. So but you have to put yourself first. Some of the right. times where I'm like not putting my effort into work like I need to, every, other stuff feels let down. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like I'm lazy. I start to feel like depressed. I start to, you know what I mean? Definitely. It makes Anxiety. you feel like crap, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, and I don't, I don't know any other way around that, man. As much as I've tried... Because I've sacrificed on so many fronts, and I'm still sacrificing. You're gonna always sacrifice as a man, yeah. married or single or whatever you're in. You're gonna always sacrifice. But it's like the thing that I was put here on this earth to do. If I don't do that, meaning if I don't put myself first in that thing, then I'm actually hurting myself, yeah. and I'm actually disappointing God even more. Yeah, I think that that's true. Yeah, that's good, man. Let's see. Okay, one of the first things that you, uh, the first thing that not one of the first things, but. I just something that was really important to me and my walk that you talked about in the beginning of your mastery course is how you take all this information or your self-help comes from first, it comes through the Bible and then it branches out into self-help. And to me, that's really important because I feel like sometimes people start making self-help books, their Bible. <laughs> yeah. Right. Definitely. Like literally. Right. Um, and I've even, I'm probably as of right now, more guilty of that, of putting more too much time and effort into you know, reading Think and Grow Rich and these other type of books, but not spending time in my word, which right. I know that it brings me a piece that, you know, literally surpasses any sort of understanding that I have. Exactly. So, um, and I guess I'm just saying this, I don't know if there's really anything for you to, to go off of, but just, it was really important to me how you made that point about going first, my primary self-help book is the Bible, and then I branch off into- Definitely. And well, the, the thing with me was for years, because I wasn't a reader, as a kid, or I didn't study in school, bro. I cheated my way all the way to school, bro. Didn't read anything. Didn't study, bro. Didn't apply myself. I just made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, was an athlete, was a funny guy. Everybody liked me. So I'm going to pass one way or another, right? Yeah. Um, and then I had to go to summer school originally every year. <laughs> to my mom, was like, I'm not paying for this anymore. You're going to pass. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to really get on it, right? And so the first time I ever actually read a book was the Bible, like for myself. Yeah. Like, wasn't forced to. That was the first time I actually like sat down as an adult and was like, "That's pretty cool." Yeah, you know, start falling in love with the words. Actually, started understanding what the preacher was preaching about and was like, "Huh." He gave me a Sunday school book when I was at church. I'm like, "I'm gonna actually start reading this." And it's funny because I didn't know I actually understood it until going to Sunday school class for the first time as in my 20s. And like that Sunday school teacher, like, "Hey, uh, brother Burke, do you have an answer to this question?" I was like, "Uh, I don't know, but I think." And like you know, kind of gave an answer, and he was like, "That's pretty good." You mind if I start calling you a little bit more to answer questions? And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And I was like, left out of class, like, what's happening here? Do you see how someone else, that's the second it. time now that I've seen someone else see more in yourself than yeah. you saw in yourself? Uh, every time. Yeah. But that's how you know what, that's how God shows you the lane. Yeah. Because somebody else sense. would be like, hey, man, have you ever thought about, like, I've been in a gym before and a guy was like, you ever thought about doing radio? I'm like, 
uh, kind of like, you know, to us, radio is podcast, right? Yeah. Of course, now he's an older guy. He's like, you got a good radio voice. And I was like, yeah, we're kind of running from that. But anyway, <laughs> you know, and so uh, from that, it kind of stemmed to like, man, let me just like, bro, the reading through the Bible as an adult with an understanding and the Holy Spirit guiding me, those pages in that book became life. And I had, like, again, I hadn't read anything before that. And so what I said I was going to do is, because so many people were coming at me as a new Christian when I actually came into the faith for myself and was like, I want to understand for me. So many people were coming at me with, with other books, like, you should read this, also yeah. this book that goes with the Bible, and you should get this and you should get that. And so for many years, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this for God. I'm not going to read any other thing. So, bro, we would, I would say five years. Uh, the only books that book that I read was the Bible or a book that helped with the Bible. Like, like a, a direct Bible. translation type yeah, thing? That's yeah, that's it. That's it. A study Bible, a dictionary, yeah. Bible dictionary. Uh, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Like, that's the only thing that I would read, bro. And so I got that foundation, and I, I, I see why God allowed me to do that, because he knew I needed it. Because I'm the type of person I like to consume information. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I want to consume everything. I want to know it all. And so I think so many people as babes in Christ, they find they make that same mistake. They start reading the Bible and then they start watching the videos. And now you got social media. Social media wasn't the thing when I was reading the word. Yeah. So I didn't have that distraction. Well, now you can get on TikTok, you can get on Instagram, Facebook, you get on all of the platforms and see stuff from other people in the foundation. If the foundation in there is going to be easy to yeah. be rocked. And so once I got all of these principles from the word, that began to transform me inside out. And so it was like, first thing was like, this is the first change. I was like, okay, the Bible said, be slow to speak, quick to listen. So I started being like, after I read that scripture, tomorrow I'm going to be really slow when I talk to people. And I don't care how awkward it is. So we would be holding a conversation and I would just say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, bro. Some guy said, are you okay? I'm like, why? He's like, you aren't saying anything. I'm just, I'm listening. And he's like, oh, wow. I never heard anybody tell me that they were listening, man. I was like, you said this, 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 this. He's like, wow, you really are listening. I'm like, yeah. You want my opinion? He's like, yeah, and I gave him my opinion. And he was like, man, thank you for that advice. And I'm like, I wasn't even trying to give you advice, bro. I'm just being slow to, slow to cool speak though. and quick to listen. And the second thing was the tongue is the hardest thing to be controlled in the body. Mm. Through it flows the power of life or death. Ouch. And I was like, wow. So slow to speak, quick to listen, I cuss a lot. So in order for me not to cuss a lot, then now let me control the tongue. So I learned in order not to curse, slow down the speech, stop talking so much, do more man, listening. And that's one of my struggles I'm trying to work on right now. It's funny you just brought that up. Bro, and, that's- th- and this is what I did. This could help you, bro. So I started doing those two things. The third thing was I started saying, which is Christians would be like, oh my God, you're giving into it. I said, I'm only going to curse 20 times a day because I couldn't curse, not curse in any conversation. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to limit myself to 20 times. So that meant I had to be slow to speak, quick to listen, to be able to count my curse words. And then I had to also think the tongue is the strongest thing to control on the body. And then three, now let me count them. Because I could count, I could think about everything I was saying, what was coming out of my mouth, because I was being such a good listener. So I would count them. And if I didn't get the uh, my number for the day, I had a, a curse joy at work. And then, so I would put the money in there. And when people would hear me do it, they would be like, what number are you on? And I'd be like, that's 15. They're like, all right. And so from that, I started going 20, 15, 10, 12, 5, none. And the day I did none, bro, I just broke down crying, bro, because I'm like, that's really cool. holy crap, I went all day without cursing. And then the last thing was I started noticing the power behind it, which made me made it easy for me never to do it again because people noticed it. And so I would be holding a conversation with people and they would say, I'm sorry, man. 
I just cursed. And I'm like, so what? They're like, I see you don't curse. I don't I want to be respectful and not curse around you. And I'm like, you don't have to do that for me. They're like, no, I want to be respectful. Men, Isn't that crazy that you went men, from being someone that cursed too much to then someone now people are apologizing around bro, you? For- and I, I was the weirdest thing in the world, but it just showed me the power of changing and yeah. the conversion of creating that character back to that character. But again, these are all biblical principles that I laid a foundation first and got all this stuff from the Bible. How that Christian character would be, which is really just a moralistic characteristic of what we should all be anyways. The Bible lays a foundation. If you get these things right, then you're living more like Jesus. They don't get you the kingdom. Yeah. They just make you live more like Christ, yeah. right? The kingdom is just salvation. You just believe. Do yeah. you believe? Do you have a salvation? Are you walking it out, right? Yeah. But the other things are characteristics and traits that as a Christian, you should just try these too, bro. Yeah. Because if you curse, are you going to hell? No. But does it make you look better? Yeah. Does it make you feel better? Are you going to be a little bit cleaner and holier? Yeah. yeah. You're going to miss out on some blessings because you're not walking in alignment. You ain't cursing somebody out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't you feel better about yourself? You know what I mean? So the Bible did that and laid that foundation. And then once I got comfortable enough, when somebody handed me a book, so thinking Go Gridge, um, Og Mandito, Greatest Salesman, um, uh, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it was easy yeah. for me to read those books and not get off task because thinking Go Rich is like affirmations. And yeah. they get into a lot of other stuff that's not biblically based. Yeah. And if I wasn't biblically that's sound, so I would have been so shifted. Good. I would have been waking up every morning and being like, I'm the greatest person in the world. Say it, Kelly. That's, I'm, you know, that, no, it's so true. Dude. I could I could eat Eat the meat, spit out the bones. You're because giving, I had a foundation. I don't think you realize you're preaching right now how important it is to have a solid foundation before you start in Christ, before you start exploring other avenues. Because yeah. if you're not solid here, I mean, you're right. A lot of those books, you know, you'll read and you'll see some sort of Buddhist yeah, it's um, or like enlightenment yeah, type they, they stuff. They mix it to where yeah. it kind of creeps you. You have to be careful of yeah, that. Yeah, very careful, bro. Very that's, careful. That's good. That's really good. Um, the last part that I want to touch on, and this is something that you hit on, you say, if you want to be successful in this program, you have to get to a level of self-awareness, right? Yes. You have to get to, uh, and that's something I feel like I'm really self-aware. And I, I kind of shared this with you earlier. I feel like I'm really self-aware on like my faults and what I'm good at and stuff until I'm challenged on it. Mm-hmm. Like I can say it about myself all day long, but then when someone challenges me on it, I get defensive, I get prideful. It's hard for me to accept it, but it's not like I'm not a self-aware person. Like yeah. I'm not in denial with it. Now I just don't know how to handle it coming from some place, but you know what I mean? Definitely. So that's something I'm trying to work on myself. It's very, very hard, very difficult, bro. I can tell you that, especially for a man, for somebody to be able to tell you about you and you listen, Yeah. you know, or not deny it, you know? And so for so many years, I went through the same thing. It was like, Bro, I'm a king of arguments. I'm the king of debates, bro. I love it. I mean, I love to go to bat, bro, with the best of them, bro. And that was my thing, bro. Like, I mean, I would go on Facebook and just go on rants, bro, and be like in the comments back and forth, back and forth, back. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. No, I'm not. You don't know anything about me. Well, maybe they do. You know, and at, at the end of the day, when, the self-awareness piece is if you're self-aware of yourself and what your flaws are and what your weaknesses are, when somebody identifies it, it makes it easy for you to say, yeah, I know. Right. And then you give the thing no power in order for you to be fully self-aware. You have to admit that that's you when somebody says it. Mm, I need to work on that. When somebody says to somebody that's not good with money, you're not very good with managing money. And you say, bro, whatever. You don't even know. No, I see your spending habits, bro. You bought a new car when you didn't have any money, bro. You shouldn't have a car note right now. You shouldn't be taking your girl out to dinner, bro, because you just bought $50 from me yesterday. Like, you bought money from me to take somebody out to dinner. And this was me as a young guy, bro. Like, this was me. And then my older friends would say, hey, bro, such and such. Man, don't tell me that, bro. Like, come on, let me go have fun right now. Like, And and I wasn't self-aware because I wanted to enjoy my life. And I felt like as self-aware as these older men were, 
bro, they weren't having fun. I'm like, you guys are boring, but all the bills are paid. Yeah. They had, nice car in the driveway. peace in their heart. Oh man, they were living yeah. life and they knew it. When they wanted to go party, they could do that. When they wanted to go have some yeah. drinks, they could do that. When they wanted to go, I remember throwback jerseys was in, bro. And my boy- Mitchell Ness? Yes, yeah. bro. He was stacked, bro. And when a new jersey came out or a few- Oh, he got it. Cause he, he, he was had stacked. Yeah. Had the J's to go with him and the yeah. fresh hat. Yeah. And I'm over there like- can you spot me one, bro? <laughs> Can I borrow 75 till I get my paycheck? And again, he'll be like, bro, what's up with your money? You know, and so it was like being able to identify in you what your weaknesses are before somebody else does makes it way easier for you to overcome them. Than to kind of get blindsided by it. Yeah, and the, the, the perfect way is just to write them down. All right, look at yourself. Am I boastful? Am I prideful? Am I argumentative? Am I super opinionated? It kind of goes hand in hand with creating the character of who you don't want to be. Yes, exactly. What do I got to peel off of me to get to that person? Exactly. And that's probably what I need to be self-aware right. about. And then in the midst of you going back and forth with somebody or somebody else identifying it in you, you can check it right then instead of waiting on it to explode or blow yeah. up. So when I, then once I started uh, uh, getting this and like... Um, I'm not going to say conquer it. I'm going to say overcoming it because we yeah. never really conquer it. When, when I started overcoming it, I started going into relationships, friendships and relationships saying, this is my weaknesses mm. or this is what I struggle with and kind of putting it out there up front. So that way, when I run into that It has that no wall, power on it. It exactly. doesn't have the power over you because you've already admitted it. And so then when you say, oh, you told me you were like this, you already knew. And now you have, or you, and you can get accountability off of that person Definitely. by being open to it. Right. And it, can, it takes the stress off of somebody like looking at you like you're perfect. Because when we go in a relationship, bro, everybody thinks you're the, you're the best. You know what? That just... So one of the things I feel like as people, the reason we let ourselves or something makes us uncomfortable is we are all trying, even though we might not say we're all trying to maintain perfection, right? Yeah. So anytime anyone brings out something in you that says like, hey, you need to work on this, it's messing with your view of yourself as perfection, Definitely. right? Yeah. So, and, and it's uncomfortable. What I do, this is my struggle. This is what I do. And I'm going to start working on this is when I get called out on something by somebody, let's say you say, Sean, you're not good with money. I start coming back at you with how you're not good. Yeah. Well, you do this, you yeah, do this, you exactly, do this, you yeah. do this. Right. Like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. why this person didn't wasn't even coming at me. They're probably in my best interest saying, I love you. You're not good at this, Sean. You need to work on this. And then I start getting mad and say, well, you do this, this. And I mean, my wife, yeah. friends, Definitely. good people that I love that have, you know, bring things to my attention. Mm -hmm. I need to learn and work on how to accept that. You yeah. know what I mean? On the way over here, I was listening to Jordan Peterson. You know Jordan Peterson, right? I don't know who that is. Oh, man, get on him. You know, he's a clinical psychologist that blew up during the, um, I guess, pre-COVID times when the pronouns first came out. Yeah. And he's a Canadian. And they went after him because he's a professor also. And he was teaching in his, the uh, universities. And they came to him and said, you're going to use these pronouns. And he said, um, I don't have any problem with using pronouns, but I do have a problem with you forcing me to use them. And they came after him hard, tried to take his license away, um, like try to ban him off social media. You said networks. this was in Canada? Yeah, but it came to the U.S. too because oh, okay. uh, he so, went on a, like he went on a tear because of course the conservative movement got a hold to him and then CNN started bringing him on like started, they started yeah. interviewing him and he blew up like he was already probably well a student and like you know known over there yeah. for what his work was but he went worldwide um, but on the way over here I went to see see one of his lectures too he came here at uh, Dickies uh, a few months ago it's great hearing him in person but yeah Jordan Peterson bro. Like you, you would cool. really like him, but he's in our lane yeah. um, self help because he's a psychiatrist so yeah that's, that's, that's good. what his thing is and so um, he said. People, he said, so you say that you want people that are trustworthy in your life and you want people that aren't snakes in your life and you only want to deal with people that you can trust. He said, well, why should they trust you? He said, because you got to look at it like this. Two people are coming to the table and both of you have snakes. You can look at them and say, well, they're a snake 
out in the open. And they can look at you and say, well, you're a snake behind closed doors. Yeah. But we all have some kind of snakes in our lives. So the self-awareness side says, look, I'm not perfect, but neither is he or neither is she or neither are they. So I'm going to associate myself with these people, but understand that they have flaws because I have them. And just because my flaw isn't their flaw, we still always have them. So I can deal with people a little bit easier knowing that they're going to stumble, they're going to mess up, they're going to fall, because I have to. It's almost like a grace like that. Yes, you you have to have that, and that's biblical. And so when I would deal with Christians and like go through counseling sessions or just give people advice or mentorship, I'm like, how can you be like that? Like, bro, I have the grace to forgive anybody. I always tell people this. When I had my fights in my life with the, the people that I was their enemy, they weren't mine. And people would be like, bro, how are you so easy to forgive, bro? I can fight you today and be cool with you tomorrow. I'm actually like that too. You might not shake my hand, but it doesn't matter to me because you're not my enemy. I'm your enemy. That means you don't like me. You hate me, but I have no feelings against you because I have no weight. And I'm so self-aware in myself that I'm like, bro, I cannot take on another bad characteristic or trait. And so anger, hate, envy, jealousy, spite. When I, when I recognize it, I'm like, bro, fix it. Yeah, it just makes you miserable. It's not yes. even affecting the other person. They, they don't, don't know. don't carry it. Yeah. You carry it. Yeah, you they go, don't know. You lay down at night. It's like being mad at somebody. The it's Bible so says, true. No, the Bible says never go to bed angry. Mad at someone. It says if you're mad at someone, you have to go fix it before you go to sleep. And I'm like, bro, I can't. I got to let it go. Even if I don't call them, I got to be like, I, I let it go. Yeah, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to sleep peacefully tonight. You know, and so... That's that's just balls in of self awareness. These are all biblical principles, but I'm just taking them and putting them in layman's terms, of yeah. course. But you know, the more self aware you are, the may, the more easier it is for you to sleep at night, man. I love that. Yes, sir. I mean, you've been dropping dimes, man. I really <laughs> I appreciate, appreciate it, this. Bro. So check it out. I want to real quick talk. Um, you and your wife uh, own a daycare, correct? You guys have yeah. a daycare, mm-hmm. and then you also have a gym in Grand Prairie, right? Caribbean yeah. Fitness. Yes, sir. Cool. And then um, how can if anybody listening, actually, I don't want to skip this, but I want to make sure I don't forget it. Okay. Okay. Um, how can like how they find you like website, social media handle, whatever, to where they can get in touch with what you got going on? Yeah. So the website is uh, kellyburke.co um, uh, for the uh, self mastery course. Kelly, just, that's K E L L Y. Yeah, K E L L Y. Burke. B U R K E. Okay. There is an E at the end. Yeah. Got an E. And so that's where the self mastery course is, and just my that's my personal brand in my site where it's just about me. Um, I have a clothing brand, which is KRB Apparel, and that site is krbapparel.co. Um, and then everything else is just Kelly R. Burke. So I'm Kelly R. Burke on Facebook, Kelly R. Burke on Instagram, and then YouTube is KRB Fitness. Perfect. Cool. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank and then you. the most important question, in my opinion, what I get most excited about asking is I ask everybody, um, sometimes I prep you, I don't even know if I prepped you for this question, but uh, what is a piece of advice that you would have given or that you would like to give to either a 16-year-old, yourself at 16, or... Um, maybe like a kid in our mentorship that's a 16, that's kind of, you know, lost or whatever. Um, what, if you could like go back and give yourself a piece of advice, what would it be? Delay gratification and buy real estate early. Let's break them down. Number one, delay your gratification. So uh, entrepreneurs, this is for any kid that wants to be an entrepreneur or is trying to go to school or trying to play sports. Like we're looking for the now. Like I want the victory now. I want the praise now. Put your head down and go to work and look at the future. So, so it's kind of like putting that character on the shelf and reaching for that goal. Well, it's like, all right, if I'm going to, jump into a business, and then you tell me, Sean, all right, great, Kelly, you're going to jump into a business, you're 21 years old, you're not going to make any money until you're 31. Now, you might make some money before you're 31, but live like you're not going to make any money until you're 31. So that means make sacrifices for 10 years. Delay your gratification, because in 10 years, if you invest right and you stack right, you're going to set yourself up real well. Now, when you make your first money and you get your credit straight, go buy an investment property, not in house, 
Go buy a duplex, triplex, fourplex. Live in one, let somebody else pay your rent. Now you just set yourself up for real estate. You keep pr- producing that process over again, delaying gratification, buying real estate. By the time you're my age at 40, you'll be a rich man. You won't just now be getting into these things. That's so good. You know dude. what I mean? So I would say those two things, delay gratification and buy real estate early. I love that. Delay gratification. It reminds me of this saying where they say like, live now like no one will so you can live later like no one well, can. can. Yeah. Because it's so good, right? Like yes. delayed gratification. In our world nowadays- is we live for instant gratification. Man. What can make us feel good right now? Definitely. Um, and that's where I got that from. Yeah, that's... Looking at the internet, bro, and seeing how many people were taking vacations and traveling the world, knowing I could. Seeing the many people that were in Cabo on the beaches in Europe and France and Germany and all these like beautiful places, knowing I could go there. Knowing like right now, Sean, I could pack up and tell my family, let's hit it. And we ain't got to come back for a while, bro. But watching the people do it, knowing... Bro, you got to go back to that nine to five yes. in two weeks. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. It's not, if you're making six figures and you're doing well for yourself, I don't think anything's wrong with that. But where's your money? Where's the investments? Where's the future? Yeah. So I'm like, the longer that you can hold off for that, the longer that you can put the money to the side, the longer that you can invest to set yourself up for the future. You and I both were talking about making changes in our business for the future, right? We couldn't be holding these conversations if we weren't doing the right things with our money, bro. Yeah. Imagine if we were, you know... Going and traveling the world right now and just, you know, doing what we wanted to do and partying every weekend and stuff like that. Like, if you don't delay that gratification, bro, I'm looking at the people on social media like, man, you're doing it the wrong way. Like, nothing. I I know 50 sounds like it's old. I know 45 and 60 sound like it's old, but you're probably going to be working a job still and not retired. Nowadays, they're saying people don't even get into their main career until they're 40 years old. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. And I'm like, I'm 40 and I'm pivoting. But I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like I can go any direction I want to go because I don't have to punch that clock, bro. Yeah. I'm not working for the man. I'm not a slave. That's modern day slavery. And people can be mad all day long. But that's what it is. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But just look how college is shifting. Like, you know, this is the lowest turnout from males in college ever in history, bro. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, bro. Women are dominating college right now. And they're just like, well, it's because women are beating men in life. Well, men don't feel fulfilled in that arena anymore. Most of the professors are women now. Uh, and most of the classes are filled by women. And the average guy doesn't really do well with sitting down at a, a computer or a, a desk all day long, bro. Men have problems with sitting still. So that means a lot of men are going to the trades now or getting into uh, self-branding and, yeah. you know, the podcast. It's thing definitely is different. Now. There's so much online stuff that and you so can do social media. to make real money, bro. These kids yeah. are coming out making six figures in their 20s now. It's crazy. My son follows these little kids and watches them play video games. And these kids are making millions of dollars playing video games. And then you want to tell him go to college. <laughs> no, it's my son is now actually like, Dad. Um, I don't really want to go to college. He's like, can I start? What type of career? So we're kind of looking, at, you know, and we're kind of looking at careers that um, that will kind of like line up with. He's at a good age. Well, I'm going to leave it open for yeah. him, you know, but doctor, lawyer, engineer. Yeah. If it's nothing like that, bro, yeah. go to a trade school. So many of my friends have these degrees that they yeah. can't use them in anything. Exactly. Like, they're like irrelevant. Almost. Yes, it's nothing, bro. It's like, bro, you could have started a lawn care service at Man. 21. And how much and money they invested in college, they could have started a business. Easily. Then they're going debt. And then you, it makes yeah. it hard for you to do other things that you want to do. You might yeah. as well go in debt with some properties before you go in debt with some For real, at least it'll make you money. Exactly. Yeah, man, this has been awesome. Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you, brother. Um, I really would like to get you to come speak to the boys in the program. I think that'd be cool for the motivational standpoint um, because we're big on like representation, man. I think it would be good for them to see someone that looks like them. It's talking about all this positive. You know what I mean? Definitely. I love Um, it. But other than that, 
You have anything you want to say before we go? No, man. Just thank you, bro. Thank you yeah. for what you're doing. Thank you for, uh, you know, your voice out here in the community, bro. And, uh, you know, I had been seeing you for a while. I didn't even follow you back because originally I was like, this guy's not real. Like, you know, you kind of like glance somebody's page. I'm like, ah, he probably, that guy's not, you know. And then I looked at it again and I forgot to follow you back. So the other day when you messaged me, I was like, bro, I never followed him back. But then I saw you had Reggie. I'm like, bro, this guy's like actually doing his thing, bro. So, oh, that, thank yeah, you, man. man. It's cool to see you do it, bro. But yeah, a lot of time I don't follow people back because I'm like, bro, is this person like. You never know. Is this person really yeah. doing this? Or is oh, are they just, just putting pictures on their thing? Yeah. Yes. And it's so true, dude. We, and I struggle with it. You know, it's sometimes I can post the best pictures of me and my son and then at home we're arguing. You know what I mean? I mean that's Social life. media is very fake. Yeah, but, but I think your page still looks organic. Like, I, can really, I can really feel like this is who you are. And now being in the studio with you, brother, like, you know, Thanks, hats dude. off. I got to look at the, the story now, the true crime story, right? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know anything about that. I know. It's going to be cool. Uh, I'm not even allowed to talk about it yet. Cool. Per, you know, the contracts yeah. I signed, but- a uh, couple months. It'll be cool. All right. But thanks again. Hey, listen, listeners, remember you're loved and you're forgiven and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, we'll see you again in a couple weeks.